Hello, friends. I'm Annie. And I'm Annie. You're listening to the Macros Universe podcast. Your weekly podcast for a dose of random facts, lightheartedness, health and fitness, and everything under the universe. Today, we have Jules. Or Julia, what do you want us to call you? Jules. <laughs> Jules, awesome. Okay, Jules is on our podcast today. Jules is one of our friends that we met in Coaching Academy, and we're super excited to have her here today and talk to us about her fitness journey. But first, we'll have our random fact of the day. So go ahead, Annie. All right. The random fact of the day is, did you know that most elephants weigh less than the tongue of the blue whale? Did you know that, Annie? I did not know that. Did you know that, Jules? Not at all. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to kind of go through it. First, let's talk about what is the blue whale? The blue whale is a marine mammal that is believed to be the largest animal that has ever lived, far bigger than even the largest dinosaur. Blue whales live in all the world's ocean except the Arctic, occasionally swimming in small groups, but usually alone or in pairs. They often spend summers feeding in polar waters and undertake lengthy migrations towards the equator as winter arrives. So blue whales can grow up to 100 feet long and upwards of 200 tongues, tons, 200 tons, not tongues. Their tongues, not tongues, (laughs) their tongues alone can weigh as much as an elephant and their hearts as much as an automobile. Interestingly, female blue whales weigh about 40 tons more than males. So next time, if I don't know, if you weigh more than your husband, you can just remember, hey, this is this is just nature. I mean, look at blue whales, (laughs) right? (laughs) Hey, so do you guys know what blue whales eat? No, krill. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So blue whales reach these mind-boggling dimensions on a diet composed nearly exclusively of tiny shrimp-like animals called krill. During certain times of the year, a single adult blue whale consumes about four tons of krill a day. That is, okay. uh, that is, that is a lot. And then um, do you know how big blue whale babies are when they're born? Huge. Huge. Perfect answer. Awesome. (laughs) So blue whale babies are called calves. Calves enter the world already ranking among the planet's largest creatures. After about a year inside the mother's womb, a baby blue, a baby blue whale emerges weighing up to three tons and stretching to 25 feet. And it survives on nothing but the mother's milk and gains about 200 pounds every year for its first year. So the next time you step on a scale and you gain like five pounds, don't sweat it. Because baby blue whales, they gain about 200 pounds every year, <laughs> every day for its first year, every day, not just every in a year. Day. That's crazy. <laughs> every day. <laughs> five pounds is nothing. Don't sweat it. Hey, do you guys know what the lifespan of blue whales are? Hmm. I don't know the lifespan. 10 years. 10 years. Hey, the oldest blue whale found was about 110 years old. And the average lifespan of a blue whale is around 80 to 90 years. So, I mean, like blue whales can totally outlive us, right? Hopefully we'll outlive outlive the blue whales. (laughs) So can we say bigger you are, longer you live? Yeah. (laughs) Again. Well, okay. Let's let's reframe that. The more muscle you have. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, it's all about muscles. It's all about they a ton. <laughs> Anyways, that's our fact of the day. Random fact of the day. 
Awesome. That is very random. Yeah. So, yeah. Next time you're looking, feeling heavy, you just tell your husband, I'm a blue whale today. I'm a blue whale. I didn't gain 200 pounds in a day. Score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More power to you. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So as I said before, we met Jules in our coaching Academy class together. And so it's always fun to have coaching Academy friends on the podcast and to kind of have them tell us what they're up to and how they got started. So do you want to go ahead, Annie? Yeah. Jules, can you tell us about your background and culture, how life was for you prior to counting macros and what brought you here to the United States? Mm, that's two questions in one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, well, yeah, so I'm originally from Moscow, Russia. So, yeah, and I came here because I wanted to come here <laughs> for better life opportunities. Yes, um, but I met the love of my life in Russia. So, and that's how it all happened. So, there's a love story attached to it. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's so, so yeah, sweet. and uh, yeah, my husband calls me Jules, and that means precious stone. So, that's why I like it. <laughs> Which precious um, stone? What's your favorite precious stone? Oh, my favorite is emerald. Okay, so we'll call you emerald jewels. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I have a new name today. So my uh, culture, well, um, I was growing up uh, and eating at home, basically, because like going out and all of that, that was not very popular back then, because I was still kind of in that socialistic regimen. And then all of that crazy stuff happened. And now I don't know exactly where Russia is. <laughs> I think we're still <laughs> figuring it out. So back then, like um, going out and all of that stuff wasn't really even available that much. So that's why cooking at home, eating at home. Um, was my culture of eating. Um, yeah. What else do you want to know about the culture? <laughs> Whatever you want to share. Yeah. Anything. Um, well, and like, because I lived in a big city, so obviously I did not have to go to the gym necessarily um, because I had to walk like to the bus station, to the underground, to like, it's pretty active. So there is no really time to go to the gym. And uh, when I was in school, I was not also in any kind of sports activities because they weren't very popular as well. Like there were some, but not very popular like here. So in that sense, like walking was my basically the primary method of transportation and also exercising and <laughs> whatever. Um, so that's kind of like what um, I brought here when I came here. So I basically continued that because I'm not very much um, a big fan of like fast food. It's just that I wasn't brought up on it. So it's not exciting me at all. Uh -huh. <laughs> so um, I never had like Coke and Diet Coke and Pepsi and that kind of stuff. You know? So yeah, that's, that's about it from that perspective. Awesome. Interesting. So you were recently hired as a macros 101 coach for biceps after babies, which is so awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey into macros 101 and what that was like? And kind of also like what's life like as a macros 101 coach? Yes. Thank you. I'm very excited to be a part of biceps after babies team. Uh, yes, it's been great. Well, how I got into it, my friend, coach Amanda, who you also know, uh, she discovered Amber first, and then she just started to talk about her and her podcast and all of that. So, and because Amanda was 
passionate about it. So I decided to check it out as well. Even though prior to that, I was always hesitant and somewhat scared of diets and all that kind of stuff because I heard some like horror stories <laughs> and um, I never was really a proponent of eat this, but don't eat that. So I kind of was more into like all foods. So anyway, I started to listen to Amber's podcast and I was just blown away by the information, by the science that she shares, by how reasonable and sensible she is. So that just really blew my mind. I could not stop binging on her podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And I was so excited and I was looking forward to start Macros 101 journey. So I was like, yeah, take my check now. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> so as I was listening and learning more about like sensible nutrition and science behind it and how she also uh, talks about the fitness industry. So it all made very perfect sense. I was excited. I thought that was the right path and I wanted to learn more. I started to just experimenting with reverse to maintenance on my own before Macros 101 because I thought that would be a good starting point for me. And uh, I started doing that on my own and that was interesting. So just like intentionally adding food, even though prior to that, I was never on any official diets, but I was living in the restrictive mindset because it was everywhere. Like I felt when you meet with the ladies or women, it's always about like, oh, you know, don't eat this. You're going to gain weight. Or it's like you're fitting in the club. If you're saying those things, yeah. <laughs> <It's like the laughs> you're approved, right? So, and obviously all of that marketing stuff that we hear, I was not officially on any diets. However, I was living in that restrictive mindset. Like I was on a diet. So because I was constantly like thinking without really knowing what was the truth. And for me, it was more about um, this is healthy food, unhealthy food, good food, bad food. I had this fear of white death. <laughs> you know what that is? Did you say white death? Yeah, white death, I call yeah. it. Okay, so what is it's that? It's like, um, you know, white um, white bread, okay. white pasta, white rice, things like that, all of that. So I would be like making all those decisions from the perspective, better, good, healthy, unhealthy, organic, non-organic. It's just like my mind was preoccupied with making decisions constantly. So, um, and as I was um, going through Amber's podcast and doing my reverse to maintenance and intentionally adding food, I also had a vacation planned. So I was going to Italy and that was a cuisine vacation. So we actually had to cook meals with Italian chef and all of that. Amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> but the beautiful part of that was because I was already learning a lot from Amber and doing my reverse to maintenance when I came to that Italian vacation. And of course, the white death was available <laughs> because we had white rice, white pasta, white bread, lots of oil every day, you know, cooking. It was just very, very abundant food and it was delicious and it was vacation and all of that. But I was already noticing that I was feeling at peace. I was enjoying all of this abundance. I was enjoying all those flavors and fat and whatever and tiramisu. <laughs> That's my favorite dessert. Um, and I was feeling at peace. I was enjoying it. And also... 
when I was talking to other ladies who were there, I could hear them going into that hole again, like, oh my God, I've been eating so many croissants, so I'm going to gain so much weight. And I was checking in with myself and feeling it like, hmm, yeah, I've been eating lots of croissants, but I'm fine with that. <laughs> so anyway, that was very helpful just for me to enjoy the vacation and enjoy all the cuisine and not think about it uh, from this better good perspective. And when I came home, of course, like, oh, okay, so let me see how much like, you know, how much weight did I gain? Am I that blue whale or not? <laughs> <laughs> And that was just only one pound. Awesome. So now I was like, yay, that's fine. So like, just because you're eating that much food does not mean you're going to gain weight. Obviously I slept well, it was vacation, it was relaxing, but also my mind was at peace and I was enjoying it truly. So that was kind of like my prior <laughs> entrance to Macros 101. I had already had great experience and um, really enjoying that maintenance because it was definitely different. And what I learned from it, or I'm still learning from it, is that abundant mindset. And it's amazing because when we're constantly in restrictions, it's just not good for emotional or physical health. But when you start expanding and like learning and also trusting that expansion and that abundance, it's like, wow, there's so much available. And actually my body needs fuel because I actually noticed lots of different changes that I was experiencing in my body just because of that maintenance. Um, so yeah, it's been great. And then Macros 101 <laughs> started. So I was excited and I wasn't Amazing experience. Uh, I was just learning more and I had a couple of hot seats with Amber. Uh, also prior to that, because I kind of come from the yoga culture where uh, there is a huge emphasis on accepting your body. Mm. And I think I was kind of like paralyzed <laughs> and I was not allowing myself to like, I was feeling guilty. Like, well, if you're accepting your body, like you're not supposed to do this weight loss thing and all of that. So I kind of had that little sense of me sitting and not letting me breathe, so to speak, through that cut phase and be um, at peace with that. So, and when I had the hot seat with Amber, I just kind of shared that hesitation with her. And of course, as brilliant as she is, and <laughs> everything brilliant is simple. She just asked me a simple question <laughs> that changed my life, if you will. Um, and she said, Julia, why couldn't you accept your body and work towards your goals of losing weight? And I'm like, what? <laughs> love yeah, that that's so great what a great question <laughs> yeah I was like really I can do that like yeah that makes sense because why won't I you know approach my goals from the place of love so and I was just basically sitting there like hmm yeah nobody told me that before <laughs> but that's how simple and brilliant it is right as you know guys since yeah. you've experienced Amber's coaching and um that's basically kind of yeah, I mean, changed my life <laughs> in Macros 101, but also that's often the question that I ask myself when I kind of go into that, or, you know, shall I take care of myself or <laughs> shall I take care of other people? Well, hmm, why couldn't I ask the question and, and then move to the solution from that perspective? So that was helpful um, in uh, Macros 101. Yeah. So any questions? I, I feel like I'm talking. 
Oh, you I love it. So love great. it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So I loved how you talked about abundance mindset versus a restrictive mindset. What was one tool that really helped you overcome the restrictive mindset? And what were some other limiting beliefs that you had? Oh, that's a good question. What helped me? I think like the way I visualized it in my head is that for example, you live like, you know, normal, regular life, and then you win like a lottery <laughs> of $100 million, right? So, $3 trillion. Yeah, $3 trillion, <laughs> whatever. So yeah, I'm sharing with all of you. Oh, okay. Can I get uh, can I get that in like writing and have you sign it? So if you do win a lottery, you're going to share <laughs> oh, with sure. us? Oh, sure. It's written, yeah, $3 million, yeah, $3 trillion from I mean, We have it on recording, people. Yes, have a exactly. contract. It's fine. Now the universe, please respond. <laughs> <laughs> we so, all win <laughs> yes we all win yes i'm gonna send some to amber too universe you heard that so we need it yeah so anyway that's how i kind of like visualized in my head that if i win trillion million dollars right tomorrow my mind is not ready to like get that not knowing what to do with it right that's why like when people perhaps like get that money quickly they have to kind of hire professionals to help oh, them yeah. manage it because if i lived with my mind restricted to spending you know five dollars now I can spend 5,000 or 50,000, right? Yes. <laughs> so that's why when I was kind of putting that into perspective, I was just reminding myself, well, I'm just learning how to spend my millions of calories that now I'm aware and I'm taking that one step at a time to just train and teach my brain to like allow uh, that possibility of expanding just because I trust Amber's science and, uh, and teachings that she shares and it also made a lot of sense and of course just listening to my body's feedback that also made a lot of sense because I actually noticed a lot of uh, great improvements so that's why I was kind of like training myself it's like I'm spending, you know, I'm getting ready to my <laughs> millions of calories and expanding my mind uh, slowly. Um, and what limiting beliefs? Well, yeah, just like from that restrictive mindset about the food and the weight. So one of the limiting beliefs, of course, is out there is that you need to eat less to uh, maintain the weight or to lose the weight or to do whatever. So which we know now that it's not exactly true. Oh, yeah, we can always just like not eat anything, right? If we just not eat anything, then we won't get any weight. But then we also exactly. die. <laughs> exactly. That's why I love the macro tracking because there are phases and yeah. you know the phases you can prepare for them, you can plan them. And you also understand just like everything in life, it's kind of up and down like a heartbeat. <laughs> Definitely. But there is also that moment of pause when you sit and you just maintain it. So that makes total sense. Macro, you know, macro tracking is based on that. So you can bulk up, you can uh, cut down, or you can just sit in maintenance and enjoy that sort of a status quo. But uh, feeling fueled with food and abundance of food. So and that's how it helped me also change my uh, belief that I was supposed to eat like certain, like, for example, you know, um, don't eat desserts, 
But now we know dessert or no dessert doesn't matter because the body understands calories. So yeah, yeah, if I am doing 2000 calories and I have 500 left, well, guess what? I'm going to have dessert. It's still going to be 2000 calories (laughs) in the form of a dessert. So and that just kind of helped me stay away from this, like eat this, don't eat that. And it's like, well, calories are calories. They consist of macros. So that's what I'm eating. And I guess it helped me um, reduce my judgmental <laughs> side of me <laughs> judging the food in relationship to how it's going to affect my body and just basically eat the food because I enjoy it. So there are calories, I'm feeling my body. And if I decide to plan a different phase like bulking or cutting, so I can still do it in a reasonable fashion. But, but yeah, I think that learning about eating enough or eating enough food to fuel you uh, has helped me also be more open to choices to abundance (laughs) so love that yeah thank you I have kind of two follow-up questions so the first one is you mentioned in your maintenance phase like noticing different changes in your body just kind of different changes in your life so can you tell us a little bit more about that what are those changes that you were noticing thoughts feelings whatever yes uh one change that I noticed was my energy spikes and I was not a big proponent of protein. So like that macronutrient was pretty low in my, (laughs) in my whole uh, vocabulary and regimen. When I was balancing all my macros and also fuel with enough calories, I noticed my energy uh, was not spiking anymore. I was pretty nice and stable. And I even got to the point of identifying. So more time I spent with macro macros as a macro scientist more I got to the point of kind of nailing it down oh okay so like I feel kind of not so energetic so and if I look at my macros when I used to track them I don't track them now I'm like oh my god so like yeah my carbs are so low (laughs) so let me see if I can catch up to that and I do catch up to that and then again I just kind of check in with my body and I noticed that yes if I have a lack of carbs and maybe it's also like with my workouts or whatever else I'm doing I noticed that I have kind of like that little spike down I realized that okay well my body needs carbs so and kind of I do that I pay attention to that and things are more stable so another thing that I noticed uh, was my cravings because like I told you before from my culture I mean I used to say that you just need to be eating at home cooking at home and that's fine. <laughs> well, I was doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I also started to gain weight, but that's more like, oh, maybe I'm getting old and my hormones are going crazy or whatever. But I actually like it's a combination of both. But anyway, another thing that I noticed was um, my yeah cravings because I think I wasn't eating enough and also wasn't eating enough of the balanced macronutrients. I had that cravings and yeah, like mostly sweets, nothing like too crazy outrageous, but I could just feel it and it's a craving and I have to have it. Mm-hmm. So that was gone away as well. I also had like the moments of sort of like that low blood sugar or something. Like I have moments, I used to have those moments, like I need food now. <laughs> And I think it's probably also because I was undernourished. Yeah. And then essentially like my body would just go into that mode. And I know my husband would just look at me like, oh, oh, you need to eat now. Like, yeah, (laughs) I'm not like low blood sugar. I don't have any other issues, but I would just have that sensation. And it wasn't really pretty. (laughs) Yeah, that 
that hanger, um, right? <laughs> yes, yes. But I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And in my view, in my opinion, like I was healthy, I was eating healthy, I was doing my good or bad foods, and I was eating at home, I was cooking at home. So it's like, I'm fine. Like, it's not that, <laughs> must be something else. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Maybe I'm supposed to be like that. But that basically, yeah, were my three major um, things that I noticed in my body as I was um, more balanced with my macros and I was eating enough. So, yeah. It's great. Love that. I love, I love that you found that balance and that you noticed those other things. And the cool thing is it has nothing to do with weight loss, right? Which is most of the time what we think about when we're, or initially when you like want to count calories or count macros or whatever, typically go into it with a mindset of like, oh, I'm going to use this thing to lose weight. But these benefits that you saw from it had absolutely nothing to do with the scale, but they had everything to do with your daily functions, you know, every, every day, how you were feeling. And so how you were able to show up and do this things that you need to do. I think that's so awesome. Yes. And then another thing that you mentioned was kind of having that, the fear or confusion about like eating this food, not eating that food. That was something that you didn't really grow up with, but kind of found when you came to the United States, at what point did you kind of start to realize that that was not sound advice and how were you able to shift that mindset? Well, when again, I was listening to Amber's podcast and her talking more about again what contributes to weight loss and this is just calories and reduction of calories and then calories consist of macros like if we look at data so it's not that apple is good and um, hamburger is bad because this is just our judgments it's just basically they consist of certain macronutrients and certain calories so like that's kind of that neutral data yeah and as she been sharing that macro scientist approach and looking at food as data that becomes more neutral and if i catch myself like saying it good or bad so then obviously it's a touch to more or less of what meaning i'm applying to the food and like what results from it right so i forgot what the question was <laughs> i think you i think you answered i, I mean like, honestly you, you could kind of also answered it before when you're talking about okay. like everything that you've found so I guess at this point in your life, I, what I'm kind of wondering is like, what age are you when you find macros one-on-one? You don't have to tell us specifically if you don't want to, but like, how long were you like kind of in this restrictive mindset versus finding that peace with macronutrients and everything? Well, unintentionally, <laughs> I was in that restrictive mindset for a long time. So probably... When I came to the US, um, which is about 25 years ago, and I found Macros 101 when I was 48. And yes, I was kind of, I mean, I, I never really had like lots of issues with weight, but I gained 10 pounds and I was kind of like puffed up. <laughs> I was also exercising quite a bit, but I actually did not do the right way for muscle building. Yeah. Just like, yeah, many of us. So yes, when I found Macros 101, I wanted to lose uh, 10 pounds. 
and uh, but in a good way so that I can maintain and also I was not into so much building muscles from that kind of boring hypotrophy perspective because my workouts like were very more functional and exciting and interesting so I had to change my attitude there as well so it took me like <laughs> a few months to a year to come to accepting different level of the workout because I had different goals in mind. So that took a while. So yeah, and um, that marketing, uh, so I call it marketing brain. <laughs> so that restrictive mindset, I call it my marketing brain talking, because obviously we have so much marketing. And when you start listening to it without somebody like Amber telling you more of a neutral science work and when you don't understand what you don't understand you listen and you follow and i think that i was unintentionally sort of like an akito mind frame mm -hmm. because you know nuts are good for you uh, yeah <laughs> so i had lots of nuts and i had lots of like almond flour almond milk you know cashew this um almond that i was having quite a bit of that without realizing that it's very uh, calorie dense food and it's nine calories per one gram. But I thought I was doing a good, healthy diet, <laughs> keto, because everybody's about keto right now. Yeah. So even though I did not, yeah, exactly. So when I realized that and just basically adjusting that alone, that made a huge difference in my whole um, diet variety my foods so i was yeah following that i don't unintentionally for a long time so yeah and yeah at 48 so yes i got macros 101 even though i was always making fun of all those people who would count and weigh food now we get to make fun of you <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i'm like huh, i will never do that this is stupid this is not good never this say oh never God, so much time yeah. there's so much time needed and all of that stuff um was my you know other person talking <laughs> because I knew what I was doing and I was doing healthy stuff and I was cooking at home. Anyway, so that was me. But again, Amber's teachings convinced me they made sense. And I slowly started to just allow myself to, again, expand my mindset and learn the habits and the skills. And it took me a while to really like get into <laughs> weighing stuff and recording it. But now it made more sense. I could like, you know, convince myself, you know, I'm doing it for specific reasons. And then as you start doing it, you're consistent with it and then it becomes easier. And of course, when you add that enjoyability factor, that's another huge missing piece. It's really interesting when you were talking about your kind of like the marketing that influenced you and like your marketing brain. So I'm curious how much, you know, when we look at food, right, we are um, predisposed when we are born to be drawn to certain foods, right? Like our body, anything that's bitter biologically will repel because in nature, a lot of things that are bitter act are poisonous and things like that. So I'm curious how much marketing has influenced your view on food and weight loss. When do you think that started? Do you think that started like when you were little watching commercials or is that something that started influencing you as a young adult or even in your adult life? Well, good question. A simple answer that when I was growing up in Russia, we did not have commercials. 
Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> because I was still a part of the socialistic country. And uh, that so was interesting. not really available. So like that, it's when that broke down and all of that. But basically when I came to the U.S., and obviously everything is marketing here, even though like with other things, I don't necessarily buy anything off TV. So I'm good there. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> yes. Good girl. Um, but uh, the food and also that relationship, uh, like I said before, especially with women, it's almost like it's a part of being woman. You're supposed to think about your weight and then if you're thinking about your weight, you're supposed to think about what you eat and how much you eat. <laughs> and that's very brain consuming. So because I would remember myself going to the store and I could spend like way longer time to read some nutritional labels and making my judgments on better good, not necessarily understanding the signs, but in the back of my mind, thinking that like I'm also doing it so I can like not gain weight <laughs> because this is death sentence for women, right? Um, and surprisingly, like the people I work with, with the women I work with, this is the women I attract. So, and I'm just like sitting there, hey, I was there too. <laughs> I understand you. It's white death. Um, anyway, so I spend less time thinking about food now. Uh, or like, you know, it's kind of more on autopilot because I've spent enough time to do macros and learn about it and also calories. And I also have developed way more trust with my body uh, because I'm listening to it more for the biofeedback and noticing things. Um, so I feel like that fear that I had before, like I told you from yoga, uh, is was that I was not accepting my body. No, I was accepting my body. <laughs> so then I could not uh, work towards losing weight. Now I feel I actually have way more profound relationship with the body in terms of accepting it because I also listen to it more and I hear a talk and I pay attention and I feel like we are more of a team <laughs> than before. That was kind of more of a superficial kind of acceptance I'd say um, but now I feel I'm, I'm more attentive I'm tuning in <laughs> love that we're talking I love that you said you feel like you're a team with your body now you're working together instead of these like two separate beings that are kind of fighting against each other I also think it's really interesting I think most of us kind of grow up with you know our thoughts feelings opinions whatever coming from our experience with food during our childhood and yeah maybe some of the marketing that comes in from you know television or radio ads or those kinds of things and so most of us kind of have that relationship from childhood on and for you it was like not so much about how you were raised, but the influences later in life. I think that's, it's just so interesting and just kind of important for us to remember the way we talk to ourselves and the way that we talk to other people and the expectations that we're placing on other people when we're projecting our own food issues or whatever it is. Um, and how much as women, we pick up on that and, and then start to turn these behaviors into our own lifestyle choices and things like that. It's super interesting. Anyway, that was just kind of a side thought, but. Well, yeah. So I, I guess, yeah, it was not from the childhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, was exposure in my late twenties and I went along with it because it's just so wildly spread out. And like I said before, you're going to some parties or to uh, other big events and they have a buffet. <laughs> 
and there is always, you know, women around the table, but the dialogue is always the same. And of course, I was a part of that dialogue. But now what I know now, I really try to remove myself from it, not necessarily to influence, you know, my belief right there and tell them like, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. if they want to know, you know, they can ask or if I just keep silent and uh, like you said, projections, right? So that would be my opportunity to see how much I've grown because I don't say those things anymore or I, I choose not to be a part of that dialogue. So that's, yeah. But that projection just reminds me like, yeah, I've grown. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so what do you feel like your biggest failure has been and what have you learned from it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a question. I don't know, like I have, like, I don't know if I'm, I obviously, yes, like I've had things, but just like Amber says, but I think I already had that attitude before that this is just lessons. And I feel that it's not so much about failure. It's more about that. I haven't been fully successful yet. <laughs> and that. perhaps all those little things that I'm doing are bringing me to that success uh, that is available for me in that abundant world. Um, like, yes, becoming a biceps after babies coach. That's definitely one of my successes because from day one, I think, as I started listening to Amber, I was just, I was visualizing myself to be a part of this message uh, because she's very inspiring. She's a great leader and it's amazing to be a part of this leadership and visionary that she is. So this is the leader that I've always dreamed working with <laughs> side by side. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about that. And this is one of my big successes at the moment. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if I've had like failures. I've done lots of different little things. And obviously there were ups and downs, just like everything in life. Like I always say that, you know, it's like your EKG. <laughs> so if you look at your scale weight, it also goes up and down. It only matches that flow of life, heartbeat, EKG, you know, day, night. It's always that um, black and white opposites and yeah, bad and good. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great mindset to come to it. That's awesome. I love it. And I love that I mean, you said for you, you feel like this is just kind of part of who you've been all along. So I think that's really awesome. And congratulations with working for Biceps After Babies. It's super cool. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Yes, um, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> yeah, so cool. I feel like we need you know, those pre-recorded cheers. Yay! Yay! <laughs> uh, Dancing music. Yes. <laughs> okay, Jules, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what advice would you give her? Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I would tell her that Jules, believe in yourself. You are amazing. And you are a gift into this world and share your gifts as um you light yourself up and spread that with the world, the world will just light up with you. It's like I'm giving myself a permission to be me and enjoy life. I give other permission people permission to do the same. And that's more fun. <laughs> Love it. But Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so good. Is there anything else you want to tell us that we haven't covered today? I have to tell you that you guys are amazing. And Aww, I'm thanks. so happy to meet you on my journey. So you are awesome. I love your smiles. I also know that you have a great vision and it's already happening. And I'm glad to be a part of this little beginning that you're studying. 
thank you. You will rock the world. That's what I'm always um, kind of visualizing that I want to retire with women like you. We are going to retire together. Yes. <laughs> with the trillions. <laughs> with the trillions. <laughs> but women like who are like you because you're positive, you're visionaries, you know what you want. You also understand nutrition way better than most women. <laughs> <laughs> so that will be fun to hang out and uh, share some great stories. Love awesome. It. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thank you. All right. Do you want to tell us um, where you're at right now? Like where can people find you coaching clients or whoever, if, if listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? Well, I'm kind of low in social media nowadays, um, but you can reach out via email and that's choose movement. It's one word, choose movement at gmail.com. I also have a website that needs to have some work done, <laughs> but it is um, juliabewellfitness.com. So you can also reach out to me there. And obviously, yeah, join Macros 101. The next round is coming up next year, 2023. Amazing Amber and her amazing coaches will do some coaching <laughs> and some teaching. So yes, um, that's going to be another platform where you can find me and other amazing coaches. And we'll link that in the show notes. We'll yeah. have that information. Awesome. So. Thank you so much. Yes. That'll be good. So yes, everybody who listens, you guys um, hang out with Ann and Amy and then join Macros 101 and you can come back to Ann and Amy. Jules, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks thank you so much. Us. We thank loved it. the opportunity to be here and hang out with you virtually, but maybe one day we can have an actual in-person retreat. Yes. yes, tell Amber to get on it. Get the Coaching Academy <laughs> retreat put together. Exactly, yes. <laughs> That'll be fun. Okay. Thanks so much, Jules. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And then Annie. All right. Have a great day. You too.